we have our last session of the afternoon. Before we begin that, and I'm going to announce this again tonight, I was asked by the guide dog user, no, Georgia guide dog users, guide dog users, I can't remember what it's called, now, GD, thank you, that group, that very nice group with Betsy Grenovich and her children who were here to help us out. There will be a top dog sometime in January of 2019. The Georgia group will be the host chapter. And yay. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, um, they will be, they will be sending out details as time goes by about when and where and how and what you do to register. But just begin to plan for January 2019 that we will do this all again in a different state. But we hope many of you will come back and share life experiences that you've had in the past two years. Now, um, one of the questions that was raised, uh, by Charlie, I think, in the, in the last session was about the, 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 the melding of working with wayfinding devices with our guide dogs. And Janine Stanley, who co-hosts Main Menu on ACB Radio, and I'm gonna tell you, I'm not a computer geek, but if you, want to really learn some technology. They know how to talk about it without making you feel like you're a blithering idiot. But anyway, um, Janine is going to talk about some of the most accessible devices and apps. And if this is interesting to you, this is where you want to be. And before you leave, return at six for the banquet and our dear friend, Charlie Crawford. You know what? Until you're finished. <laughs> really, really. We have the room till 430. You. All right. All right. There we go. Now, I have a speaker here for this. So I'm going to put. All righty. Because if you so need some help holding gonna, anything or oh, doing it, wait a second. All righty. Anyway, and I'm going to go to the podium. Yes. Is there any way that we could, like, do you send people to houses with them at the, <coughs> at the airport? Yes, dear heart. Oh, my God. Hi, David Baker. Hi, how are you um, doing? Good. Um, I'm doing well. Good. I just wanted to mention, you know, I'm around when you've got things to do with the thought legislation. Thank you. I'll keep that in mind. I will. Thank you. I will. Thank you. It's on the ACB website. It's the Accessible Pedestrian Handbook, and you should download it. Even though even though I edited it, or was the team leader, project leader, it really is a great book. We got some of the biggest and best experts in the country to provide information, so it's right out there on the ACB website. I've signed up for GDUI membership for two years, but I've never been able to get on the site, and I've never been able to get anybody to respond GDUI? Yeah. I will, I will see what I can do about that. I'll, I'll, I'll see. Um, can you send me an email? Sure. Okay. Um, let me see. How are we going to do that? Is your I'll just tell it to you. It's Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-I-E. It's Debbie Seagrub1 at gmail.com. All one word. Debbie Seagrub1, and the one is just the number one. Would you send me an email? Okay. Cool. Keep. I don't know. Keep it. I mean, send it to. Send me an email, and I will see that it gets to the right person so that you can be responded to. How's that? See. Debbie C. Grub one. 
Yeah. Was that with Nagdu or with us? That was with Julia. Okay. Julia's trying to get her story out there. Yeah. I was really angry with Penny, and I decided I should just drop off the Well, you're well. You're welcome to join back. Absolutely. Thank you, dear. Gene, we're guys, guys, guys. We're streaming. We really better get going. Guys, if you're leaving to go do something else, that's fine. For those of you who are interested in this session, let's get seated because we are streaming. And um, we're going to hear the presentation and have some questions. And we'll see you all back tonight at the banquet. Alrighty. Could we have um, an idea? And I'm going to shut up and turn this over to Janine very quickly. But just so Janine and I will know, could we have... Would, could we have a clap of hands of those who wish to participate in this session so we have an idea of how many are here. All right. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Thank you very much. Happy day. Okay, go for it, Janine. Alrighty, guys. I'm up at the I'm up at the podium because I need to read and manipulate things. So here we go. So I'm gonna ask you guys a series of questions. Because normally when I do this presentation, I do it for like O&M people and, and rehab people. And you'd be amazed at what they don't know, uh, especially O&M people about GPS. Okay, so how many of you actually understand how GPS works, pretty much? Okay. I should have asked it the other way. How many of you don't understand how GPS works? All right, excellent. Okay, so... What do you think the limitations of GPS are? First of all, how many people think GPS works indoors? All right, very good. How about in big cities with tall buildings? Not well. It, not well, not well. There is something called the canyon effect. Because the biggest thing with GPS is it needs to see the sky. And sometimes, <clears throat> pardon me, your GPS app will work indoors. If you have big windows, atriums, a lot of skylights, it may actually work indoors. It's not going to be as accurate. But if it can see that sky, life is great. Now, in the early days, back when the Trekker came out, devices you had to be more careful of the weather and obstructions like a lot of trees and mountains mountains are still a big deal but trees not so much <coughs> the weather not so much although it can affect your GPS so what do you think the difference is between because I hear this all the time sighted people's GPS is a lot better than ours why do you think that might be first of all I can tell you it's not <laughs> It's not. Uh, you got it. Um, yep. I'm, okay, I, I will interpret what Buddy is saying back there. He is, because he cheated, because number one, Buddy's really smart, but also he was in the presentation this morning. So, <laughs> But basically, sighted people have that third tool in their toolbox. They have eyeballs. And they could just look up and see the Starbucks over on their left that they're trying to get to with GPS. We have to figure out that it's across the parking lot and around the corner is the entrance. 
And so many people who are trying GPS for the first time as a blind person are thinking it's going to get them right up to the door. And sadly, it's not. Um, not unless you're using the military grade, and then you probably wouldn't be blind. However, <laughs> however, you know, I say that, but you never know. Um, so keep that in mind when you think that the mainstream GPS that sighted people have is oh so much better, because they do have that, that other tool in the toolbox. So what should you as a blind person think about before you purchase a GPS or a wayfinding app? And there's more to wayfinding than GPS, by the way, and we'll go into that in a bit. So think about the kind of travel that you do. How many people like to know the route to someplace and are very specific about where they're going to go? How many people kind of travel like that? Okay, I want to go to the store, I want to find the route there, and I want to come back. Many people travel like that? Okay, that's cool. That's cool. There is no wrong answer here. How many people like to explore their surroundings, either in a new city or just kind of walk around their neighborhood and whatever? And you can do both. It is absolutely appropriate. So you want to choose a product that's going to give you the information to do both those things. So either plan a route, get turn-by-turn -turn instructions, a list of directions. We all like those things. Those are all great things to have and to refer to. So you want to choose your app based on how complicated or whether it has that automatically. Can you get that with the app at the price range that you want? Can you get it using third-party apps you already have? When you are using GPS, there are a couple of things to keep in mind that may vary your choices of apps and such things. Where you are or where the GPS thinks you are in space. So. How many of you people think that the GPS tracks you on the sidewalk exactly where you are walking? Negative. You got it. Good. Great. Nobody thought that because, and it's okay to think that because, you know, given the way these GPS things are marketed, that's what they think. But the GPS satellites base their data on maps, and maps think you are a car driving down the road. So they base all of their distances on the middle of that road. So if they say, you know, you're approaching the intersection in 70 feet, that's the middle of the intersection, literally where the two streets come together. That is far from where you might be on the corner, especially with big rounded curbs. So now we kick into my favorite, um, I can't remember what these are called. For some reason, the word rubric sticks in my head, but it's the little word puzzles where you have one word that leads to another word that leads to another. And when we did the trekker training at Guide Dog Foundation, ours was dog gut trekker. And you can see the G in dog goes to gut, the T in gut goes to trekker. That was what we were using. Well, first you want to trust your dog and the orientation and mobility skills that you have in order to work that dog. Many of you have probably seen that there was a Garmin commercial out a while back where the device said, turn right, and the guy turned into a building. Not right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's and you've been with drivers who are following their GPS and are totally clueless. So remember, trust your dog, trust your gut. If something doesn't feel right, but the GPS is telling you 
it's probably not right. Trust your mobility training, trust your gut, use your GPS like you would use a moderately helpful sighted person. We love you sightlings out there, you know, but occasionally you get a, yeah, it's over there. Where? To your right. How far? Oh, I don't know, about 100 feet. Oh, okay. So you're getting information about where something is, but then you have to figure the rest out. And that's the best way to look at using a GPS product of any kind. So not only are you walking in the middle of the street, but the addresses are going to be differently spaced than what you think. What the GPS programs do, based on the maps that they use, are they use a system that the municipal system uses to lay out uh, houses and addresses on a block. So let's say a block is our big table up here, and we have John over here, and he's got a big old building with the, the uh, streaming thing along our block, and our block is numbered one through seven. So John is building number one, and he takes up about half the block. Debbie and I are buildings number two and three, and we take up, you know, another little part of the block, and then we have four, five, six, and seven houses at the end of the block in little tiny lots, the rest of the table. Great, okay? What the GPS does and what the mapping system does to that block is divides it up evenly. And so we might be walking, you know, halfway down John's building, but the GPS says we're already at house building address number three. So when you see addresses displayed via your GPS, this is where those sighted eyeballs come in looking up at the address and going, oh, wait, we're not here yet. Oh, it's up there. Because that happens to be the way that they split up lots for various municipal plans and things like that. So that's the way the GPS shows you those addresses. How do you fix that? Well, oftentimes, for the mapping companies, people will go out and do what's called geocoding. So they'll drive down the road with a little device and just go beep, 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 beep when they are at an approximate location for the place that they're marking. Oh, Starbucks, beep. I'm pointing directly to my left. So I got my arm straight out to my left, beep, Starbucks. And then I drive a little bit further and it's immediately the place that I want to be to my right, and I put another geo marker there. So these things can be refined a little bit through the mapping process. Also, businesses pay to get their locations placed correctly into the mapping system. So those are just things to know when you start to look at these GPS systems and say, what? You know, that's not where it's supposed to be. The other thing you want to look for as a blind person in a GPS, in a navigation app or device, is the ability to name your own positions. And you can go from the parking lot, where the big strip mall, everything is in the same place on the map, to the actual door of that business, where you can set a point of interest, or POI, that actually puts the GPS coordinates right where you are. Some systems are better at doing that than others. Some will jump you back onto the street grid, so that's something to, to know. And they, you want to have the ability to make points of interest where you actually are standing and try to mark that where you're standing. Again, you've got a big old circle that you're standing in, a big 30-foot circle, because that's the radius of the GPS. So 
How does all of this work with a guide dog? Sometimes not very elegantly. <laughs> and I will tell you the story of why we started training people with GD, uh, GPS at the Guide Dog Foundation. We were looking at it because the folks at Leader Dog had a great program with the Trekker, and we thought, yeah, we can do this too. This is great. And one of our board members and I, uh, and I think I was a board member at the time, we decided, yeah, let's go try this out. We were so busy playing with our little Trekker devices that he ran into a pole. Uh, <laughs> my dog was sniffing something, and I'm, you know, just walking cluelessly and walked out into the street. And oh the God. instructor said, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> so they wanted us to do this in a safe environment. If you get an app, if you get a device, whatever you get, play with it before you walk out that door. Make sure, too, as a guide dog handler, that you can operate this thing with one hand because that's all you've got when you're out there. And sometimes, if you've got to flick and tap and find something on the screen, that's really not going to be helpful either. So we developed another good old, uh, good old mnemonic here. Stop. And I hope I can get this one. I need a drink of water here. Stop, sit, survey. I'm gonna watch with that one. So if you need to adjust something on your GPS device in your app, stop. Just stop. There is, and we know everybody does it these days. Flick, 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 you know, sighted people with their faces buried in their phones running into you. We know it. Let's not be those people, okay? Don't be that person. So stop. Make your dog sit. Get your dog or down. That's fine. Unless, of course, you're in the middle of the street and then don't do either one. Get to a safe place. So we'll say that. In your safe place, stop. Make your dog sit or down. Get your dog in a position where it's not just free to sniff, free to be at the end of its leash wandering around while you are surveying whatever it is you need to look at in the app or the device. So keep that in mind. It's going to make you and your dog much happier. You're going to have fewer leash corrections and fewer times when the minute the dog sees, because these guys are smart. Okay, my dog is, he wanted to go to Harry Potter World today and he's not happy. <laughs> that we did not go there. <laughs> but these guys are smart, and they know. And, you know, they see your hand going to that phone and your head kind of down and listening for that phone. They know you're not paying attention, okay? And what happens when we don't pay attention? All kinds of undesirable things. <laughs> so, um, you know, sit, uh, stop, sit, then survey. So I'll run down my list of devices here. And then we'll talk a little bit more about wayfinding. Um, some of the specific blindness devices, because back in the day, it's not so much now because we all have pretty powerful smartphones and all, all the things are on our phone, but many people used to have either a PDA or a dedicated device for GPS. They would put it in their car. Some people still do have these in their cars. And those were mainstream. For us, we had the Trekker originally, and now the Trekker Breeze. And the Trekker Breeze is still being made. There we go. We're going to turn him on. It's going to take him a while to find satellites in here, I'm sure, because we're inside. But that product is still being manufactured by HumanWare. Support might be 
questionable, but you know, I hope Humanware um, is still actively supporting the product. Um, it is certainly an extremely viable. Up oh, here we go. Battery full. Alrighty. Now we'll see if he actually gets some satellites. The Breeze is about the size of a small remote control and about though a little bit thicker. Um, it has about four hours battery life. It is not going to drain your phone. Um, it has recently. There we go. It's recently been updated, so the process of acquiring the GPS signal and things like that, along with the maps, have been updated. So it's a much faster device than it used to be. Um, it is a viable option. As far as pricing, please check the Humanware website. I don't have the current pricing on it. Um, the price has come down significantly since it was first introduced. If you are really not comfortable flicking and tapping and doing a lot of things with your phone, you might want to invest in one of these, to be honest, because you turn it on, you go, you know, and that's really the goal of all of this. Turn it on and go. So we have the Trekker Breeze. Then there are the Sendero line of products. Um, they have PC maps, which you can download onto your PC. I'm not sure how much they are. I believe you can get them, I think, $75, but you might want to check on uh, the Sendero website. The PC maps are great to explore ahead of time because don't we all want to know kind of before we strike out where we're going? Yes. Sendero also has a product called Key Maps for the Braille Note, and I believe they have a version for the Braille Sense as well. And these come, I believe, I know they come free with the Braille Note and possibly with the Braille Sense. Same kind of uh, thing. You can actually explore. With this, you can actually pretend like you're walking on the different sides of the street because it's not actually tracking you. It's, mo it's reading a map. So you're actually as if you're on a map and it can do the sides of the street. So those are a couple of the blindness-specific devices. Then we have mainstream maps, and today I'm just going to shoot you a couple of them because there are many of them. Um, Navigon and Waze, uh, for you guys who love those, they are very good apps. They were the first, Navigon was the first thing on the smartphones that was actually moderately accessible, that we could actually get information from. But now we have Apple Maps which will indeed give you the thing that we blind people love, intersection announcements. Yay! This has been added to Apple Maps, and I'll tell you how to get it. We also have Google Maps. Google Maps does not do intersection announcements. Um, it does do turn-by-turn -turn directions, though, and you can get a list of those directions. Apple Maps does the same thing. But if you just want to know a quick and dirty tip how to use Apple Maps, turn it on and then go to, there's a spot that says tracking and it's usually labeled off, tracking off. You want to double tap it twice. First time it'll say tracking on, then it will say on with headings. When it says on with headings, as you are walking, it will announce the streets that you are approaching at about 70 feet from the corner, which is, you know, for many of us, that's all we need in a familiar area. It will also announce the points of interest. So that is a quick and dirty solution if all you want is just to know the streets that you're coming up to. There are parts of my area where it doesn't work. So you want to also be cognizant of that. Now, there are all kinds of tips and tricks that you can do with Apple Maps, with Google Maps. And 
I can certainly answer questions about that. Um, I urge you, if you are a techie, uh, explore the apps because there are a lot of things that those two mainstream apps can do in terms of giving you information. So now we're going to go to the blindness specific. We're in app world now on your smartphone. And I am not an Android person. Forgive me. How many people in here are exclusively Android people? Anybody? Okay, cool. And, and we love you, and you are fantastic. And if you have things to contribute, please do. But the apps that I'm going to talk about are Blind Square. How many people have Blind Square? Yeah, yeah. How many people got it when it was $5? <laughs> yeah, it is a great app. It is worth the $29.95, I believe it is at this point. Oh, it's $39? Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. Okay, but you know what? It is worth that because it does have a lot of features, including transit. So um, most areas now, most transit systems in the U.S. are following something, and let me see if I can get this right, GTFM. And I'm going to see if I can remember what that acronym stands for. Google Transit Feed Map. And that is the format that the transit maps are in that call all of the transit stops, tell you the bus information of when the next bus is going to be there, what the schedule is. And that information gets fed to all of these GPS apps. And they use it to be able to display the bus stop that you're walking by and when that next bus is. Then we have the very first really accessible GPS app fully featured, Seeing Eye GPS. It was just recently updated to work with iOS 10. Um, it has a subscription model where you can subscribe for a month at a time or a year at a time or three years. It also has a flat fee feature for agencies if you're buying it for someone. And that app when it first came out, we were all thinking, wow, this is amazing. And it is an amazing app. Does anyone out here use Seeing Eye GPS? Okay, great. Not too many of you. <laughs> it is a very good app. Um, its newest feature is that it interfaces with BlindSquare. And being able to get turn-by-turn -turn directions with BlindSquare through the Seeing Eye uh, GPS app interface. So that's pretty cool. Okay, we've got them tied together. Then back in September, a long-awaited app, and our Android guy, you've had access to this for a long time, American Printing House brought out Nearby Explorer for iOS. And I can stop bugging Larry ScootCon at convention now. <laughs> and this has been a really long-awaited app. It has been very well. Um, does How many people use this app now? Okay, this is called Nearby Explorer. <clears throat> yeah. And this app is a fairly new app. It is $79.95, I believe, um, down from $99.95. And, you know, I expect these prices, <laughs> I was going to say that about Blind Square, but I don't think I will now, but I expect these prices, most of them are affected by the cost that the services have to pay for the maps that they use from the mapping company, Navtech, or, you know, any of the other, there are only two or three of the mapping companies out there. So th that's what these prices, you're saying, why do we have to pay so much? I think Waze, I'm not sure what the cost for Waze is, but I know Navigon used to be in the $50 range, and you're paying for the maps. You know, that's what you're paying for, for those maps to be routinely updated. So nearby Explorer, the one downside to this app 
is that it loads all of its maps onto your phone and you cannot break them up. So you get the whole United States and Canada on your phone. That's 4.6 gig. So if you have an iPhone with 16 gig, it's not going to work, folks. This is Nearby Explorer. All of the other, pardon me? Only Apple, yeah, it doesn't do it on the Android platform, I don't believe. Um, don't quote me on that though, because as I said, I don't know Android. Um, but it will download all the maps. You can't break them up right now. They're working on it, but Navtech won't let them. Yes, all right, well, we're going to turn you off, Trekker Breeze, because you have no GPS coverage, so there we go. Um, so. Nearby Explorer, I'm, I'm going to be just bluntly honest here. This is probably my absolute favorite GPS app. I do not get paid by, uh, by American Printing House at all. There's no one, you know, but this app does everything that I wanted it to do. I was a big fan of the original Trekker product and the Trekker Breeze. This app really fills that void on the smartphone, you know, side of things. What having all those maps on your phone does, besides take up valuable space, is to make the app fast. It is very fast to respond to inquiries and things like that when you're using it, because those maps are already on there. You can also use the app when your cellular coverage is pretty spotty, because those things are already on your phone. So it, your phone is actually gonna be able to you know, query those maps and find out where you are. So that's one of the pluses of the app. So um, I apologize, I'm, I'm gonna try to be as neutral as possible, however. So I'll give you my last couple new and exciting picks for apps, then we'll talk about actual wayfinding and some other things that go in, and then it's question time. So some of the newer apps that are out there for blindness GPS, there seems to be a philosophy with some of these apps that blind people want and need to find their way someplace and come back. You know, they're very route-based. And many of us want to do that, but many of us also don't travel that way. One of the great free apps to play around with is called Via Opt-Inav, and I will spell that. It is V as in Victor, I-A-O-P as in Paul, T as in Tom, I-N-A-V as in Victor. These are from the people who brought you um, via OptiSim, I believe is the, that is a vision simulation app. That one has a cost, but that's a really cool app if you're ever doing vision education. Uh, via OptiNav is a root-based app what it does, it does very well, but it hasn't been updated for iOS 10, so let the buyer beware there. Um, one of my most favorite brand new apps is one that is done by the Univ uh, McGill University in Montreal. This is a research project, and it is free. We love free, and it is called Autour, and I can't give that the French accent it deserves, but it is A-U- T-O-U-R, okay, A-U-T-O-U-R. And what's interesting about this app is that it has, um, it says it works best with um, bone conduction headphones. Now, if you, uh, how many of you don't know what bone conduction headphones are? Okay, gotcha. So bone conduction headphones are headphones that instead of going inside your ear, 
or over your ear. They sit on your cheekbones or the bones right above your ear in your skull, and they transmit the sound into your ear that way. That allows your ear canal and your actual ear to be open, so you can hear ambient noises, and you can also hear the sounds from your phone or whatever you have it plugged into. And this app works best with those kind of headphones that are stereo because it does a little tick, 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 tick noise that goes around your head in a circle from your left ear. I'm, I'm making like a big arc above my head. From your left ear to your right ear and around the back of your head. And when a point of interest appears, it will be substituted in that stereophonic kind of sound. So, oh, hey, I hear something in my left ear. Oh, it's over there and I turn my head. Now, the other GPS apps will tell you it's on the left or it's northeast or whatever. This one, actually, it's, it's much more intuitive. Um, it takes a little getting used to and it doesn't have a lot of features yet, but it is an interesting app to watch and a fun thing to play with if you're a GPS geek. So, and I think a few of you have played with this app out there. Um, Another new one that has a lot of promise, and we're going to see where they go with it in terms of integrating it, City Lights. How many have heard of City Lights? Yeah. Um, you Boston people, you got to try this app. Um, what it does, what it purports to do, is once you start it, you are supposed to be able to walk along, and when you are approaching a light-controlled intersection, it will vibrate to tell you, hey, there's a light up here. And this has to be configured city by city because they have to get the city maps and everything for each city. They're adding cities on a regular basis around the world. So if you get the app, you'll get the email and everything because you have to sign up for an account when you get the app. It's free right now. And you will get the app. You will get some uh, announcements about when new maps come out, which is great because your city may be, you know, coming soon. San Francisco, I believe. Um, they did start putting country designations. I got all excited when Athens was in there because I thought it was Athens, Georgia. <laughs> I knew it wasn't Athens, Ohio, but, <laughs> but it, it was not Athens, Georgia, unfortunately. So City Lights is another good one. And then I'm going to show you a fun one. It's called Over There, and I am blanking completely. You guys know how many of you use Over There? Okay. How many of you have thought, what is the purpose of this? <laughs> no, it's actually a very nice app. So I'm going to. All righty. Saturday. Sorry about that. Okay, let me get into my. Nearby Explorer. Settings. One new item. Navigation folder. 13 apps. Yeah, I have a lot of navigation apps. All righty. Google Maps. All righty. Pardon, and can everybody hear my Bluetooth speaker? Okay, great. Okay, Debbie, you want to bend that mic down toward the speaker there? All right. Now, if it screeches, guys, I'll keep my hand on it till we make sure it's okay. Yeah, we'll bring it back up. Ooh, I'm gonna have to hold it. Where's the thing? Page two of two. Adjustable. Our vision. City lights. There. Okay. Oh, maybe it's not. Hold on a minute, Janine. I'm sorry. Yep. No problem. Let me see how to turn this one. Okay. No problem. There we go. Wait, All is right. It on now. Over there. Now you're gonna notice this. signs nearby. Oh, self-voicing. Very nice. Um, self-voicing with no volume control. So it's making that little radio noise, and I am holding my phone with the screen facing the sky, 
And I'm going to slowly turn my phone. Estas Cinementos Circa Universal. Now, you hear that radio Estas noise? Estas Cinementos Circa Universal, 270 feet. TGI Fridays, 100. TGI, TGI Fridays, 100. Okay, and I'm turning, I'm TGI slowly Fridays. turning the phone Payless clockwise. Rental, 81 feet, 5,000. Budget truck rental, budget truck rental. Oh, hey, good thing we know where that is. <laughs> Okay. Is car rental. car rental. Now, I'm going to turn Payless my phone car. up. There we go. Get rid of that noise like I'm taking a picture. Um, the reason it's making that radio noise is so you can tune in literally on a location by moving your phone to where that quote-unquote radio reception is best. Um, it's a cute little sound effect they put in there. And it's actually pretty helpful if you've got something that's far away. You can really tell by using it like a radio signal. That is basically a location app for things around you. Okay, I'm on the corner. Where the heck is the Starbucks? <laughs> you know, and, and here you can bring up over there, and it's going to show you. Now, I've tipped my phone up like I'm taking a picture, and here's what I get. Signs. Setting. Open settings. Signs around. 17. Okay, so we have 17 things that are around. Budget Universal Studios Orlando Red Car. 160 feet. Button. Oh, I need a car. I'm going to double tap on that. Sign info. Signs. Back button. Sign info. Heading. Delete. Dim. Name. Budget Universal Studios Orlando Red Car. Category. Car rental. Point of interest. And I think you get the idea. One sign nearby. Oops. All right. That's enough. <laughs> there we go. So, yes. Thank you. So, Thank you. There we go. So here we have one app that can get you to those points of interest. There's all kinds of information about those points of interest. So that's another app to check out. Now before we play a little bit more with maybe Nearby Explorer and things like that, let's talk about wayfinding because there's more to it than your phone and apps, right? What other things come into play when you're trying to get around? Noise? Yep, absolutely. I'm sorry, what was that? Obstacles, yep. Obstacles, or that is a very good one. Obstacles and noise. Tall buildings, yep. Knowing where the buildings are. So definitely traffic. Um, using those O&M skills, and there are more tools out there to help you. How many people know what the mini guide is? Okay. The mini guide, I do not have one, but I have something really like it. <laughs> the mini guide is a little device about the size, a little bit bigger than a 9-volt battery, which I believe it runs on. You hold it in your hand, and it either vibrates or beeps. You point it at, does anybody remember the old Moat sensor? Yes. yes okay, yes. yep, there are some of us old enough to remember that. Basically, the mini guide allows you to locate obstacles around you. So you can have it in your hand. I'll tell you how one of our grads uses it. He is deaf blind, and he uses it when he waits on a train platform to tell when the train has come in. He points it, you know, in front of him, and these things have a range of up to seven feet. So you can, let's see, it's, um, yeah, seven feet and three feet are about the range. They have a, a short distance and a longer distance. So he points that, and it will vibrate when the train comes in. 
And he can also use it, and you know, he's commanding his dog to find the door inside, but sometimes the crowds jostle you and whatnot. He can actually tell, okay, here's the door, it's going inside, great. And so that's one of the things you can use it for. I use it to find light poles and be able to, you know, direct the dog when I'm teaching him to find a new light pole. Um, bus stop poles, you can do the same thing with these devices. So you have the mini guide, which I'm blanking now on who makes the mini guide, but it is out there, a Google mini guide, and it is out there. But a newer device that has come out, it was in a Kickstarter campaign last year. How many have heard of the buzz clip? Yeah, a few people. I have a buzz clip. I have a buzz clip. The buzz clip is a little device that literally clips onto your clothing. It, it, it provides haptic feedback, so it buzzes. And I'm going to turn it on, and we will see. You should be able. Okay. The opening sequence of buzzes is going to tell you the battery status and things like that. Now we're going to hold it up here. Okay. Now, when you're wearing this thing, it's going to vibrate on your skin. And you can wear it, it's pretty heavy, but you can pretty much wear it a lot of places. So, um, best on your collar, against your collarbones. I've worn it on my shoulder. Um, we have a lot of mailboxes in our area that stick out into the road. And uh, I am at the right height to eat those with my shoulder. <laughs> and so I put this on my right shoulder so I could know when one was coming up. The dog does a pretty good job of that when I'm working them on the right side of the road. But sometimes I am not paying attention. And I think that he's veering out to cross the street. So this was a, more of a training tool for me. So I've, uh, it is spelled B-U-Z-Z. Z is in zebra, C-L-I-P, and I am, again, I can get you guys the name of the website that it's on. It is around $250. It comes from India right now. Um, I'm hoping they get a way to, to produce this in the U.S., so it's Buzz Clip, Buzz Clip, and I'm going to hold it up here, and it's going to, when I move it over toward the microphone, maybe, there we go. It senses the microphone in front of it. There we go. It's got a little... There, let me back off. Alrighty. I think my batteries are low. What it will do, though, one of the things... Ah. Okay. One of the things it will do, and I use this... I'm going to turn it off there. I use this on Black Friday. I'm standing in line. How many times have you been standing in line, the person in front of you moves, and you have no idea, and then the whole rest of it, you can move up now. Or on Black Friday, they cut in front of you. <laughs> They'll just jump right in front of you. So I used this thing to tell when my cousin was moving up in line because she was in her own zone and, uh, you know, sometimes didn't always tell me. And it actually worked pretty well. What it does, if you've been standing in front of somebody for a certain amount of time, and they haven't moved, it will stop buzzing. And then it will start again the minute they move a certain amount of movement. Now, right now it's set for 10 centimeters. That's a little bit small. Because, you know, when you're in line, you're moving around, you're moving your legs, you're turning to talk to people, and it would go off. So it needs to be set a little bit back. The other cool thing that it does, if you're approaching something, those little vibrations get faster and faster. Beep, beep. 
buzz. It's actually buzz, 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 buzz. And as when you hear buzz, 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 three right in a row, that means you are within 50 centimeters of something which is arm's reach. You can literally reach out and touch whatever's in front of you. And that works really well. I have to say, I'm very impressed with that particular feature. It takes some time to pay attention to those haptics, though. It's like any haptics on your phone, on anything. It takes a while to, oh, it's buzzing. What's, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, that means. If you use it for a while, though, you're going to get cued into those buzzes. It's almost like those of us who wear the Apple Watch. We know what a certain, th oh, notification, oh, notification, oh, no. You know, so you get cued into that kind of thing. That's one of the aids that is coming up. I'm not sure if Julie is in our audience, but she has another travel aid. Julie, are you here? Not sure if she is. Julie has something called the IRA system. And the IRA system is a pair of Google Glasses that is matched with some software and allows you to call up a pair of eyeballs. You can do this on the cheap with Facebook. Um, the IRA system, I'm not sure, you know, we, it's something we haven't, I haven't really explored yet. We want to get them on main menu to talk to them, so be looking for that in the future as this gets more and more uh, advanced. So the IRA system allows you to have those eyeballs with you. You can also do this by getting a friend or family member on FaceTime. And FaceTime is your friend. You get stuck. You pull somebody up on FaceTime, help. Or you use an app like what used to, uh, Patronus, Patronus, sorry about that, Patron, I'm saying it like the screen reader, it's Patronus, um, which used to be the blue light app, and it's a safety tracking app. And you can call somebody up on FaceTime and have that visual and let them look at what's around you to try to help you out. So those are all good. Those are wayfinding things. Yes? Oh, Patronus is gone. Oh, dear. Oh. Oh, my goodness. Okay, great. See, I haven't been keeping up on that one. So, and that, that was a great app. I'm hoping that they are still doing the same good stuff. Yeah, Be My Eyes can be very wonderful for this kind of thing, too. Um, I'm not so sure how that connection time is going to work if you're out and about. That's going to be the, the only issue, I think. Sure. Okay, wait a second. Actually, we need to get you a microphone because I'm going to start the questions here. But as you can see, we have, while we're getting Rich a microphone, do we have a mic runner? Do we have a mic? <laughs> um, okay. Is, yeah. Is it on? <laughs> Sorry, Janine. Oh, no, no problem. No, 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 no. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at you. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I don't hear it doing anything. Yeah. Test, yeah. test. It's not on. I don't. Well, there, there it goes. There you go. Thank there you, John. Now, what am I supposed to do with it? I was doing, but I wasn't right. Okay. Do we have a mic? Okay. We'll get our mic runner here. But, and while we're doing that, as we see, we have a number of things now that can help us in the environment. Doesn't mean you... Skip your O&M skills, you know, because at some point, your batteries are going to die, okay? This happened to me, you guys, and I kid you not. You know how it is with a new dog? 
when you know you know your area and everything but a new dog feels totally different i literally walked around my home area for two hours because i couldn't quite figure out where i was i live in suburbia there was nobody home in the middle of the day okay <laughs> i could not get help and i'm walking and my dog is like hey it's 70 degrees it's sunny i'm walking <laughs> he was very happy my batteries were dead i had nothing to help me but my wits i finally found the way home but it was embarrassing so you know just remember batteries fail okay we have your mic rich let's see did we get our mic runner to rich do we do we have a mic runner come up yep. here the mic yep. mr mic runner hang on a second there's two mics up here make sure my dog has not escaped i don't think i haven't heard him moving here here's the mic i don't know All right. Whoops. Here, here for the mic runner okay our mic runner where is he i don't know okay um we actually need somebody somebody volunteer please <laughs> we need a sightling. Are there any sightlings left out there? Only us hardcore people. That's right. With no sightling. That's right. I, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We have, This gives a whole new meaning to wayfinding, doesn't it? Oh, they were afraid to run through all those tables. I don't know, Rich, if you can make it up here. Rich is a sort of sightling. He plays a sightling on TV. There you go. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, but you sound like Rich. Sorry about that. <laughs> and we don't even know we don't even know if you're a sightling either, so you don't get to be. Alrighty. Okay, let me I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm going to Sorry dogs. We're right up here. Right up here, yeah. Right up here. Bang the table. There you go. Yeah, I don't do go. that except for Alrighty. right up here at this table where we are. There we go. Here you go. And I'm going to hand you a microphone, sir. Thank you much. There we go. Alrighty. Can you hear me? Yep. I think we can. Okay. Right, so, uh, hello. My name is Nick Cadici. I just wanted to say something very quickly. I admit I'm biased because I'm on the Scientific Advisory Board of IRA. Uh, but I just want to tell you very quickly what it is and give a, a quick description. Thank so you. Please, please the, do. The difference of IRA and Be My Eyes from, say, uh, many of you have used Haptapsy or BizWiz back in the day. Get over here. So the, in those, you would, get, you would take a picture of something with your phone and it would go out to uh, a person who would then analyze it. And this was using something called Amazon Mechanical Turk or, or kind of what they called web workers, just random people that would... Uh, be kind of describing this, and it would come back to you in a message, like a text message. Be My Eyes is different in the sense that it, you call up and there's volunteers, and they're looking to where your phone is looking. So if you're pointing your phone at uh, a thermometer, like a thermostat, they describe it to you. Is he? Um, Ira is similar, but the difference is the agents are trained, and so they've taken a whole training program. Uh, <laughs> that I've been somewhat involved among with a bunch of other people in teaching people how to say, hey, how do you give directions? So instead of saying, okay. go a little bit, you know, Let's move have you... the phone to the left, yeah, here, I'm gonna move they, this have, mic. they give there you information go. about how much to move the phone. 
And it's also using a Google Glass. So one of the hard things is, which is now uh, they're, they're using a different type of glass coming out. Google Glass is dying. Uh, but it's much easier. So like when I'm in the airport. Okay, let's have you turn toward the audience. Put your if you can put your back to this table. Yeah, it's pretty, well. We're we're um, yeah, we're close to the other mics. That's why it's doing. Yeah, step forward just a little bit. There we go. There you so go. So when I was in the airport, I could have this on, and when I, I called them, I was trying to find my gate, and I'm walking around, and they're seeing what I'm seeing through the Google Glass, so they're giving me directions as I'm walking about what I'm going by, what gates I'm going by. So it's a it's a, another way to get information from a real person. As you call in, they pull up a map, of, a Google map of where you are, uh, menus of the restaurant. So it's just a way to get information. Um, my bad. Okay. I'm going to stop because I don't know how to make this. There we go. But it's definitely worth checking out. Yeah. Okay. Right. Thank I'll you. I'll just yell. Okay. No, no. Well, no, actually, we're on the radio, so. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. Just walk forward. Okay. Let I me see. Okay. I'm going to. Leave your mic I'm gonna to try to be your mic runner. <laughs> I'm over here. This should be amusing. Okay, hang on. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. And uh, we're gonna be talking to you later. Is this working, guys? No. No, it's not. All right. All right. Never mind. Okay. Got it. There we go. There we go. Okay. No, I was too close to the other microphones, guys. Okay. So we thank you for that input, and we're going to be contacting you about this remain menu. So I'm going to step over, Jean. You want to say something? All righty. And danger, danger, Janine. Yes, I was going to say, Janine walking. Right here. Okay, I have a question. If I can get the names of these devices you mentioned, what is the difference between the mini guide and the buzz clip? Yes, you should. Okay, great. Okay, so the difference between the mini guide and the buzz clip, besides about $100, as far as I recall, is that the mini guide also beeps as well as buzzes, and I don't believe it has a clip, but it may. The buzz clip is specifically designed to work with your uh, work by being clipped to your skin. So it specifically has the haptic feedback, which is a little bit different type of vibration than just a standard, you know, the whole device vibrates. So that is the difference as I understand them right now. The mini guide has some of the features, but it doesn't have that, uh, I call it the waiting in line feature that I know of. Now, if somebody uses the mini guide and you can tell me that it does, I'll be quite happy. But um, right now, that's the difference. And I can show you the buzz clip and put it on here um, when we're done, if you'd like. Um, do we have someone else? Oh my goodness. Okay, we have somebody in the back. Why don't you go? Uh, no, 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 no. We can't because we're on the radio. All right. Well, I'm going to come here and then I'm going to work my way to the back. Okay. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. I'm out in the middle. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Got it. I just have a quick question. Will the Apple Watch? Also, you like if you use Apple Maps or Google Maps, will it also come up on the Apple Watch? Oh, great question. Um, yes, Apple Maps will. If you are doing a route uh, that you have set up, okay, I want to go to X place, and you have that set up in Apple Maps, you will get 
turn-by-turn -turn haptics and announcements on the Apple Watch. It's got a pattern for the left turns and a pattern for the right turns. Now, Blind Square also has some functionality with the Apple Watch, which isn't terribly practical for those of us with guide dogs. You know, you got to... Yeah. Now, I have made it work, though. You can reach over and tap the watch and get your current position and things like that through Blind Square. They are so far the only... Well, Via Optinav has an, a watch app as well, but it only makes announcements. It doesn't really do a terrible lot, but it does make the announcements and give you a bit of a haptic there. So um, those are the only two right now that have GPS apps. I, that's the thing I can bug Larry about now. <laughs> When's your watch app coming out? Okay, let's see. We had, yeah, making my way back. Hang on. Making my way back. Um, oh, I'm sorry, sweetheart. I'm sorry. Aha, here we go. Here we go. I have an arm. Yes. Hang on a second here. Okay. Let me know where you are, sir. This is Eric. I'm right here. Ah, okay. There you go, Eric. I'm right across from you. Thank you. For Ira, do you need Google Glasses in order to use it? The Google Glasses are part of the uh, group can follow, and I really don't. Hang on a second. Let's get you on the other Yeah, you can use it on the phone. I do, I do that most of the time. The question was, do you need to use the uh, smart glass or Google Glass with Ira? The short answer is no. Uh, you can use it with your phone, which is how I've been doing it, like to try to get the air conditioning in the room to be at the right, <laughs> in the coffee pot to work. Uh, the beauty of using the glass is it makes it much easier to frame for the agent because they're seeing exactly what, what's at your, where your head's pointing, but it's not needed. Why would a, can I ask a follow-up or... This is going to sound a little bit like ignorant, um, almost as though as if you're asking, you know, how does a blind person watch TV? What use other than Ira would Google Glasses be to a blind person? Because the epitome, the reputation among my sighted friends is that Google Glass is a gimmicky toy, kind of useless. Uh, so the Google Glass, as I said, is kind of dying. So the, the, the IRA version of Google Glass isn't the same Google Glass that you've seen or your friends have had because there's no need for the screen. So it's kind of a lobotomized version. They're working with another company called Pivot Head, which I, I don't know if actually is. Anyway, there's some other me mechanisms they're trying to build in bone conduction into the glasses and stuff. So um, Google Glass was just the, the first uh, mechanism. We might have. Okay, let's go to Margo. Okay. All right, here we go. Now, I am an IRA explorer, meaning that um, I'm helping IRA to build its product. And I just want to say that the other day, for example, I want to give an example of when I would have loved to have had it, although I managed without it. But I got up and wanted to go take a potty break before my flight. So where I was in that particular location, I wasn't sure where the ladies' room was. And I could have gotten up and called the agent, and we would have uh, turned left because I knew I needed to do that, and we, I would have asked her to uh, find the ladies' room for me. Um, one thing that Iris has, Ira has that is good is that you can 
Um, if you don't need your agent at a particular moment, then you can do a privacy thing or disconnect and call back. And so it's pretty neat. And I've, I've used it a little bit when I was in Orlando for an FB convention. And, um, it was pretty amazing. Uh, I found out a lot of things that I didn't know were around. And, uh, it was, it was pretty cool. So I'd like anybody who can try it to, um, they, I don't know if they still need up to 200 explorers. Uh, the gentleman might know that, but if they need more explorers, maybe some of you can get on that bandwagon. AIRA. Artificial intelligence and then Ra was the ancient sun god. Okay, do we have any more questions? We're going to get off uh, Ira for the moment. Okay. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. We're going to do questions and then observations. Okay. Let's see. Question back here. All righty. Whee. All right. Whee. All righty. Here you go. Well, two things. I, I just uh, signed up for the Ira. Uh, explorer. So, uh, we'll be doing that as well. I did it and it was a tremendous, to find a bench in a park. My, so, Jenny, and my question to you are open area apps. What's the best wayfinder for parks, open areas? What's the best app for open areas? That's a loaded question. Right now, I will tell, I like Nearby Explorer for that. Only because you can mark your own points of interest there. Um, that's, but it's hit or miss. Um, it is totally hit or miss. Um, it does do fairly well because right now you can use Google Maps with it. Uh, that's a new addition. You can use Google Maps. So it's got trails. It's got greenways. It's got other things, which is very nice. It's a nice addition. So yes. So you can go to yes. The blind square with that. You, um, you can go to Blind Square. You can go to Google Maps with Blind Square, so you can certainly try this on Blind Square. I haven't tried it yet, so you know I'm not I'm not walking in open areas a lot, unfortunately. Uh, that was one of my uh, my walkabouts. I did not do it in my two hour tour. So, yeah. Okay. All right. You have another question? Okay. All righty. We're gonna. Thank you. I was wondering what apps would you recommend for sailing? <laughs> well, there are special maritime apps because you do have to do a little bit of, and honestly, I'm going to be real honest with you because I used to teach a course for the Coast Guard Auxiliary on this. <laughs> I don't anymore, and I have let my knowledge slip on those. So I do apologize for the sale. I can't answer that with any, with any, you know, you don't want to be using one of the land-based ones, though, because there are certain algorithms for water and things like that. Um, Lawrence is obviously the, the first one, um, the first system that was used for GPS. And uh, so, yeah, it's L-O-R-A-N-T. I believe is how you spell it. Um, and I would definitely look for some of the, the sailing and the maritime kinds of apps. Um, I Since that's not my, my thing anymore, um, I couldn't tell you, but I can certainly find out for you. Sure. Sure. All righty, Katiana. We will look for that. Okay. So who else do we have? It's, yes, sir. Yes, Charlie. There you go. All right. There you go. 
Hi. I I um I was downloading Outour when you were suggest talking about the next app and I can't remember what it was, but it was the one that uh that told you that uh, TGIF was right over here in the hotel. Oh, over there. Yeah, over there. Is that one word? Yes. Okay, great. Thank you. It's the famous phrase we all love, over there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now we had do we have someone else? Here, hey, and I do have Rich now, so Rich is my side, my, my sort of site. Nearby Explorer is available for the Android for the American Printing House for the Blind for the Android uh, for ninety nine bucks. Yep, so it is a little cheaper on the iOS platform, but it's been on Android for a long time, so the number of years. So, all righty, we got somebody over here. We. This is so much fun. <laughs> My poor dog is like, yeah, whatever, you can have him. <laughs> yes, okay. Over here and get there. There you go. Hi, my name's Michelle, and I want to know what else you can do with the nearby Explorer. Like, what are the features that you can do besides downloading all the maps? Okay. So, Nearby Explorer. Sorry, Nearby Explorer commercial. And you can do these in many of the other apps, too. So, I'm not saying, you know, Nearby Explorer is the best one. It does have the, the, the least learning curve of any of these apps, I think. Yeah. So, it's, it's actually pretty easy to learn to use. So... Big feature of blindness GPS apps. I want it to announce the intersections. It does that. And it does that in a number of ways. So it will announce the intersection as you're walking up to it. Then you cross that street. And immediately when you get, you know, past the intersection point, it is going to tell you what the next intersection is. Great. I know what's coming up. Fantastic. You can vary those announcements. You can also get turn by turn directions which you can now do with BlindSquare through third-party apps. BlindSquare doesn't do it directly, but you can get third-party apps to do it. It's a little kludgy, but it works. It is complicated, yes. <laughs> kludgy, complicated, <laughs> both, um, actually. But it does work, and you can get turn-by-turn -turn directions. You can get a list of directions, which sometimes is even more important. Um, you, there is a virtual mode. Not a vertical mode, as I said this morning, but there is a virtual mode in Nearby Explorer, as there is in, uh, believe, the Seeing Eye GPS. You can also virtually, and BlindSquare, you can virtually explore places. Um, they are pretty advanced, but if you really want to learn to do it, um, RTFM, read the favorite manual. Okay, <laughs> because, yes, read the manual. Um, all of these apps do give a very good explanation in their help systems of how to get into and use virtual mode. Now, the one thing that Nearby Explorer has in virtual mode that's kind of cool is that you can move in virtual mode. And, you know, many of us who use the Atlas Maps or any of the old Sendero products, you could move from intersection to intersection. This one, you can move 60 feet. 120 feet, whatever, at a time, you can find out how long that block is. Now, that's all relative, given GPS positioning and maps, but you can actually walk, you know, as you're walking, find out how long that block is. And that can be quite helpful sometimes. I found that a block that I 
was about to walk on a trip was a whole lot longer than I thought doing this. I'm like, whoa, that is a long block. Where the heck does it end? Um, 0.4 miles. Oh, yeah, that's kind of a long block, okay? Yeah. All righty. And... So this is the uh, uh, blighted guy, yeah. Um, so, Ginny, do you think that we, we as a group and other folks with mobility challenges might be able to lobby the government to give us some more granularity with the, uh, you know, instead of the 30 yards, maybe, maybe 10 feet would be cool? Oh, oh, don't ask the hard questions at all. <laughs> um, well, as I said, I'm with the Coast Guard Auxiliary, and we're part of Homeland Security, and I can tell you that ain't going to happen. Um, not unless you want to be like people in the UK and have to be registered blind with the government. I don't, well, we sort of are now, but not to that degree. So, um, yeah, you know, it, it's, it would be nice. It's not going to happen. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, it's a pretty interesting system. So, um, the long and the short of wayfinding is first of all, you know, you've got to use your own wits, but we are living in, a, in an amazing, amazing time, okay? Think about it, you know, wouldn't we have loved to have had a set of glasses or a phone with a sighted person there going, all right, here's this, here's what's around, you know, this is great, you know? But then we're also using our own skills when either that doesn't work or we figure, okay, I got it, I can take this, you know. We've got the information that we for years and years did not have. And so I say happy day because between that and our dogs, what is stopping us, people? Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I've got a story about that, but we'll save that for tomorrow morning at the breakfast. So um, any more questions GPS-ish? Uh, yep, we have one more. One, oh, what did you say? <laughs> we, we had the peanut gallery back there. Maybe that didn't belong on the radio, but we have one more question here. I just, it's just a technical question. What... When you go into Blind Square, I downloaded it yesterday, and it says now that it, it connects with Sendero um, also as well. But when you go in there, it gives you directions, but it says so-and-so uh, -so meters and then 6 o'clock. So what is it actually telling me, and can I change it into the American system and not use meters? Yes, <laughs> yes you absolutely can. Now, here's a, here's a little techie bit for you all. The, the second thing you should do when you go into any app is go into the settings menu and look and see what you can change. Because <laughs> that is where you can change all of that. And yes, you can. Absolutely. You can change the way those directions are given. You can change meters to feet, imperial, you know, uh, metric to imperial units, whatever you want to do. There are a lot, yeah, meters to gallons, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you can do all of that. So, you know, so we have to salute ourselves because we are the brave ones sitting in this room going, yeah, bring it on. Let's try it. Let's do it. So, yes, you are so welcome. Um, I'll be up here for a few minutes. I've got the Trekker Breeze up here if anybody hasn't seen it and you want to see it. Um, and I can answer a few questions and any other techies. Um, I'd love to see the uh, Ira guy. <laughs> Come on back up, please. Now, here's going to be the fun part. Janine finds her way back to the podium. Yahoo! Test.
Well, everybody, this has been a most exciting and amazing session, especially for tech-minded people. I would remind you that we have two more sessions, one tonight and one in the morning. Remember that we have our banquet this evening and with good food fellowship and some thank yous and an excellent speaker. And in the morning, we are going to get a chance to tell anecdotes and tales about guide dogs past and present that we think will touch people's hearts, make people laugh or whatever. We are going to end our stream for right now. But those of you who wish to um, come up and see Janine, please feel free to do so for as long as she's available and come back for the banquet. Janine, that was wonderful. I learned, I learned a lot. Yay, guys. Thank you. Thank you.